0: today is friday february 25th and this is Celtics speed on the clns media network the leading online provider of audio video coverage of the boston celtics i'm adam kaufman episode 449 featuring nbc sports boston's abby chin is powered by betonline.ag go to betonline.ag today use the promo code clns50 for a 50 percent sign up bonus What's up, everyone? This is fun, right? A a nice little change of pace from where we were so much of the the first half of the year anyway, the... The second half, we are off and running. I don't mean the proverbial second half of the NBA season. I mean the real second half. Over the last few weeks, month, it has been great to be a Celtics fan. We welcome you into Celtics Beat. Adam Kaufman, Evan Valenti back with us. And of course, Abby Chin, who it has been, it's been too long, quite frankly, since we've had Abby on the show. So we wanted to rectify that immediately. How are you?
2: I'm well. I'm a little tired. Flew in late (laughs) to Detroit not to date us uh that's okay look we can we can
0: tell the people it's Friday afternoon so you know we've we've got that oh that's good to know isn't it I think Uh, so we got the Nets game behind us we still Mm -hmm. got a busy weekend well you in particular have a busy weekend in in Detroit and Indiana ahead of you but uh but yeah so I well I'm, I'm sorry you're a little fatigued but I appreciate you joining us
2: happy to be here and happy to be talking about uh the team that has the best record in the NBA since the new year
1: so that's right Let's Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Is it are you tired from like I I don't know if this is how Alvi Arena works. I don't know this. But I, I saw it on your Instagram story last night. They have like a DJ on the floor during yeah. shoot around. The DJ yeah. booth like comes out a little bit. Like is that come out after games too? Or is like is there a party on the on the floor afterwards? I'm just curious.
2: I mean, every arena is different. But yes, Brooklyn plays up the party. Atlanta does that too, but I feel like I'm not sure their DJ's on the floor. Philly has a DJ. He's like up and on a stage and things like that. So every arena is different.
0: (laughs) Do you have a a favorite? uh, uh, Well, I guess we'll remove Boston from the equation because it's, it's the home arena. Do you have a favorite place to, to visit, not the city, but obviously to go cover games, to actually, you know, go to the arena for all the, all the ambiance of it all.
2: It's been a while. Um, since I did the West coast because of the pandemic.
0: Sure. Uh,
2: but I would say like where the warriors are playing is always fun. Even if it's, if it's the new chase center, or even when it was in Oakland, um, mm-hmm. it is loud. Those arenas are small and compact and it feels like the fans are right on top of you. And of course you get to watch one of the best teams, one of the best players in the NBA. Um, and then Philly is fun only because they're so angry, like <laughs> a lot of vitriol for Al Horford who, you know, did nothing wrong himself. I mean, he took the bag. Yeah, he, he stole all
1: that money
2: for that team. It was a bad fit. And that's not on him. That's on, nope. you know, the decision makers who decided to pay him all that money and then he kindly left and (laughs) and gladly took an assignment in Oklahoma City so I don't know why they're so angry at all forward um but Philly is a fun place everywhere I will say in my get off my lawn moment is getting louder and louder (laughs) and louder even the garden it's so loud in there so um a little inside basketball, we go from, or because I get to travel with the team, which is wonderful, yeah. we usually fly the night of. And so last night, flying out of New York, you got to fly out of Newark, so that's a trek out of the city. And then we had to de because the weather, and then flying into Detroit, which was not a short flight for us. So, um, yes, I didn't get in until 4 o'clock in the morning, so I lost in train of thought. But Listen, I'm here. You,
0: people are here to, to hear from you, not <laughs> the two of us. So don't worry about rambling. That's, you know, that's not a concern. Uh, we're, we're like way off the rails. I don't care. I want to keep going with it. Is, is there a, what was I just going to ask you? Um, it was right there on the tip of my tongue and it was indirect. Yeah, you sound like me. Well, I'm, it's contagious, okay. I guess. Mom, oh, so well, you know what it it works perfectly because I am an old and uh and you were just talking about you know the the get off my can you pinpoint for you the get off my lawn moment like what is it like does it come with age does it come with now like being a parent obviously what like what was the transition to where it was It's a little out in this arena
2: um I mean, I think I notice it a lot more I know in the games that we don't have because I usually have my i f b in so um, I have something in my ears and I can, I have the dulcet tones of Mike Gorman in my head usually at night, which is a lovely distraction to hear some of the fans. And there were a lot of Celtics fans inside the Barclays center and uh, whether it's silly stuff, like nice rebound, Peyton Pritchard, or like, Ooh, what was that pass? But there was a lot of Celtics fans in there. Um, and so I don't know when that moment flipped for me though, Adam, I, I do, I honestly, I really think that the volume has been turned up in arenas. And that is just like an overall decibel level has changed. Yeah. I don't think it's my ears. I think that things have ratcheted up to a whole other level.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. I bet, I mean, you wouldn't be able to relate to this because like nobody was at games during the the real Part right. of the pandemic but you know i i bet it feels especially for players i bet it feels so much louder than it did before because it was always something they were used to you know the music the, the whatever sideshow stuff obviously fans coaches teammates everything like it it also just sort of it was that ambient just kind of like almost white noise-esque it blended together but then between the bubble and then going back to home arenas or even traveling but without fans in the stands then it's just music and it's just super quiet and then once you get the fans back in they're probably all ratcheted up after two years of being away I, pro- it, I bet it is louder I bet the whole experience of going to a game is just a, a, a whole louder deal
2: so you think maybe my ears got trained to deal with the quiet and now they're yeah, just assaulted once again and I've got that's I've a got much better, better way of insulted. saying it yeah okay yeah well, I don't know it feels louder <laughs> I can feel it in my bones.
0: I just don't want you going all Clint Eastwood, sitting on the porch, telling people to get off your lawn.
2: <laughs> I, I it is kind of a weird balance because I feel like with the pandemic, there's a lot more um, that I like. I I'm trying not to take anything for granted, and so I'm trying not to get upset about the small things. But then last night walking out of the plane into the cold, I was like, oh, at 3.30 in the morning, this is brutal. We had a 25 minute bus ride. So, you know, my first world problems are. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying, I'm trying to stay present.
0: It's okay. It's, and, and you're, you're in my, well, I was going to call it home away from home, but it's really not that. But I, I lived outside Detroit for, uh, for about a year. Uh, so, you know, you're luckier. You're passing through.
2: We're both in uh, in snowstorms though, so that's I'm true. Trying to um, remind my husband, who's home alone with the two kids, that <laughs> I'm dealing with some snow too. You know, yeah,
0: and, on, and <laughs> on your way to like the hotel spa, maybe I'll get a massage while I'm here. Uh, make sure you feed the kids, get them a nap. Would <laughs> be great. Let's uh let let's let's turn up the the heat for everybody out there listening or watching, and and talk about all that is going well for this team just to kind of reset for, for anyone that is unaware. So the Celtics, they've won 10 out of 11 They're 17 and five going back to January 8th. That's the second best team in the NBA during this span. They picked up 10 and a half games on the nets, which is ridiculous. There's just a game and a half back at third place, two games left, obviously on the trip As as we mentioned, you're in Detroit, the game on Saturday in Indiana on Sunday. So it's a, a quick little back to back before returning home. And uh You know,
2: on Saturday, by the way, I just, yeah,
0: yeah, that's not, that's not so great. How (laughs) how do you expect the team to respond on the, like, are there any, we heard David Posternak the other day when he had two or three goals talking about how, you know, he loves early games. Is there anyone on the Celtics that just gets up for an afternoon game?
2: Not that I know of. Um, I remember the former Celtic Dennis Schroeder, the last, matinee the celtics had i asked him how difficult it is to switch up his routine and he said you know i had to wake up i set the alarm for 8 a.m this morning that's rough and so you know (laughs) us parents 8 a.m is not necessarily yeah (laughs) and he's got kids but um we know elite athletes are creatures of habit and so to change that up i think is something that is not a welcome change for many
0: when I rattle off all those numbers about just the, and there are a zillion more numbers I could give you that I have here. I mean, Grandy's been tweeting them out like crazy, obviously with the turnaround for this team. Or, or B Rob's got a great one about the net rating of the starting five and and all of that. They they've been great. They've been great. Uh, I don't need to tell you. I mean, we had you on earlier this year, and and you're much closer. Before to this they were great. Than- yes. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're much closer to this team than we are. You're at these games. You're at, you know, to all the media availabilities. You're, you're obviously, if you're not there, you're in studio. You're paying attention to every walk of life, every detail that surrounds this team earlier this year. Abby, I mean, it, it felt like a job to watch this team. I mean, for fans, it was hate watching for you. I'm sure it was, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not digging ditches, but like this could be more fun when you look around other teams lighter is everything around the team right now when they're playing like this versus what it was that first half of the year
2: you're absolutely right it is night and day from covering this team and I think that and I I feel like I said this to you guys we take for granted how much change there was for the Celtics when you think about not just the entire coaching staff but also the front office pieces and then the pieces inside the locker room while I know the core It's still there and there are familiar faces and Al Horford returning. It was everything with the organization changed over the summer. And so getting used to that, I think, took some time. I think even the coaches and the players underestimated what a steep learning curve it was going to be. And everyone has taken time to adjust. I want to believe I am in the Jalen Brown camp where I never lost out. I saw it every day. Um, but I honestly can't say that. And you're right. It is, it was a tough slog there for a while. When I was in studio all of last season and I was not around the team at all, it is, you get sucked into that negativity of social media and people are just angry and, and, um, don't see a way out. And when you're with the team every day, they, they are focused on solutions and focused on the next play, making the next right decision. And so it's not so much of the doom and gloom. And so this season early on, I wasn't as, I don't know, beat down as I feel like I was last year with everything that was going on. And now it is, it's, it's night and day. It's so fun. Everyone is so happy. Um, You know, for, we're talking about these national games because there's been a lot of them lately. I need to get a one-on-one um, pregame for our pregame show. Mm-hmm. And anyone we ask is like, yeah, sure. No problem. You know, when they're losing that is a completely different story. So, um, everybody's in a good mood. Everybody's happy. So, you it's know, no back have watch
0: some Tennessee it, highlights. Grant better. got up back in the I day.
2: Know. Grant can dunk. He's light now. Right. <laughs> so lost all that weight.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'll let Evan go in a sec here. Cause I know I've been monopolize- monopolizing this, but in, in talking about interviews, like we've had, Randy's been on. Max has been on. And and obviously, you're a perfect person to ask this as well. Eme I- Odoka is certainly, I think, viewed by fans as kind of having a, a, a gruffer exterior. You know, and I think like, again, Grandy Gorman, they've both talked about the fact that even when they're doing their interviews with him, he's all business. You know, there's not a lot of uh, obviously, like, he's a very nice guy, I'm sure, and and I'm sure there's plenty of personality, but it doesn't really come out when he's laser-focused, he's game-focused. I mean, how's it gone for you in terms of, you know, especially earlier in the year when it was probably a little bit tougher, and now when everything is going right, it seems.
2: I think that he does, what do you mean by gruffer? I don't, to me, well, I, have, that's not the word I would use to describe it.
0: I guess I just, like, I don't dinner. know, it's, there's, there, there's kind of a, like a a bulldog Sort of thing about him versus, you know, like Brad certainly could be all business as well and not necessarily be, you know, jovial if, if he wasn't in the mood for it. But it still didn't, I don't know, he, like, he didn't seem sort of as tough for lack of a better way of putting it. I don't know. Does that make sense? It's okay <laughs> if it doesn't. I mean, no, I'm, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm viewing this as an outsider, obviously.
2: Number one, I would say he's all, he always has to wear a mask when he's on camera and, and anytime that he's talking to us, so we, don't so
0: we don't see him smile. smile at yeah. yeah.
2: You know, Brad used to crack, you know, his deadpan jokes and then look over at you and be like, "Do you guys get that? That was a joke. You know that was a joke, right? Um, and two, one other major difference from Brad is that he is a former player. And, and while they are both so X's and O's focused and so um, live and breathe basketball, I feel like they just... Come at it from different perspectives, obviously, from a player and a coach. And so those mm-hmm. conversations are differently and the way that they deal with people is differently and the way that they speak about the game is different. And I think that the Celtics are benefiting from that now, obviously, and and those relationships that he has built with the players and the way that he communicates with them um it, it's clear right with the changes that we've seen in this team and um how he talked early season about habits and he reiterated that last night when he when he's talking talks about bad habits he meant offensively and that is arguing for foul calls and letting that consume you when you're on the floor not moving the ball um you know devolving into iso ball so often and that those are habits that um, are taking time but that he has been able to break i do feel like there are moments where i have gotten to see his personality come through. One, I would urge everyone to listen to, um, I know we're on a podcast, this may be a rival, but I am also on the uh, view from the rafters behind the scenes with the Boston Celtics. And the episode this week talks with Ime and a number of the staff members about their roots in the Pacific Northwest. And I think that that is a really good glimpse into and and where he comes from, who he is and how he has gotten to where he is now. And to hear his viewpoint um but and then too and i'll tell this story the you know you mentioned it how badly the season started and the celtics just got demolished at home the two games at td garden and the second one he rolled up and i said Ime, we've got to stop meeting like this because i talked to him after every home game um win or lose Uh, and he just is like i know we got something's got (laughs) to change you know but he wasn't mad he wasn't angry he wasn't um even frustrated at that point he was just like you're right this, this is not good <laughs> I, I'm gonna work to fix it and so you know he's not um I wouldn't you're call just him good
0: problem, there, yeah, I mean, there I would, are definitely some coaches I've worked it. with in the past that would not have laughed at that
2: right yeah so he did not um he did not you know give me any weird sort of side eye either and yeah. so um I there is personality there I do think and it I think it took us time to get there with Brad as well um a lot of people, I, Brad's first season was my first season. And I can tell you, even I think, you know, a handful of years in that post-game interview with Brad in the hallway at home, like that was still the, one of the few parts of my job that stressed me out because I just didn't know what kind of mood or reaction he was going to be in. And so I don't necessarily feel that with Emei. And, uh, (laughs) I appreciate that actually. (laughs)
0: out the view from the Rafters podcast with the whole Celtics family so don't worry you're not you're not rivals you're part of the group here but uh like I said I've, I've plenty more for me to get to but Ev go ahead
1: let's well, just more back to email I think you know there's the the sentiment that we all owe Emay an apology for overreacting to early season troubles and you know you something won- no i think you do i think we i think a lot of us do i think a i lot think of the us, people who I call never for got, I no, no, never. No, no, no. I, nobody in this I, podcast I, trust I, me. No, no, no.
0: but but that's You're what, what me, i mean like i think i think anyone out there that listened that was like email's got to be fired this guy's like those people owe an apology but i think any of us that were skeptical along the way and called out some of the the learning you know curves and flaws like i'm not i'm not apologizing for that i think that was justified
1: but like th- at the same time, don't we also have to let him like learn on the job and like because he's a first year head coach, of this before make mistakes? Like sure, of- I,
0: I, I guess the question was whether they should have hired a first year coach, but that's a whole other conversation. Well, it seems also to-
2: it's not necessarily that. I think that Eme has had the long term in view the whole time. I mean, we all question we. I wouldn't say question. We all said when he was running only switching defense during the preseason, we're like, what is going on? (laughs) But it was, you know, the players have muscle memory of playing a certain way and have played, Mm -hmm. um, especially for the Celtics, a certain defensive system for, you know, their entire careers. So switching that is going to take time, figuring out, what that looks like, what that means for you, what your job is and what your role is in this new system is different. And that is not something that is going to change overnight. And so I give credit to Ime for implementing that and then not backing down when it didn't work or when they were struggling and guys were confused and couldn't figure it out. I mean, he stuck with it. And you continue to drive home the points of emphasis and clearly um, they have, they're sinking in. Yeah. And, what, and that's what excites me is I feel like that's kind of, we're at a new baseline. Now. And so it's going to get better now where you can, you have a new start and then we can start looking ahead to changing expectations.
0: Well, and as as I whisper into the mic, they also weeded out the guys that couldn't really do it. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like they've they've got the right personnel to, to fit everything that you're talking about.
1: Yeah. And it's, and it's all the habits that they used to drive us crazy offensively have been really fixed. And that's been the biggest, I think, to me. I mean, the defense has been otherworldly for the past two months. I mean, it's comical. You look at their and, – and Sean Grandy said it best last night. He's like, I know it's, it sounds like far-fetched to say that they're lapping the competition. The Southerns defensively, at this point, are just lapping the competition. And, 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 and what's great is, again, you kind of saw this a little bit in 2021 towards the end. It's like, ah, oh, there's something here. And then in 2022, the calendar flipped, and it's been just like lockdown defense every single night. It's been wonderful, with the exception of the Pistons loss, but the Pistons actually just hit a bunch of really tough shots in that game. So, you know, kudos to them. But the thing that I think with Ime that a lot of people were annoyed with in terms of just their offensive, like, just there's they were so stagnant at certain points. And you would hear about, oh, we want to preach ball movement, but it actually never happened. Now, as we hit 2022, when you look at some of the highlight plays from last night, um, I think the best one is one where I think Jalen cuts Tatum to the ball at the top of the key. Tatum throws a bounce pass between two guys. Jalen catches it and then bounces inside to Al who finishes it for and the layup. Well. Yeah. And all that's like all of that is stuff that we definitely didn't see, uh, at all. And now we're seeing with more consistency, you know, the past couple of years. And this is where I think when we step back and look at, the biggest differences in Boston, obviously their defense is ridiculous, but they were sort of expected to be a really good defensive team right from the jump. I think when you look at everything, this new offensive approach that they have where the ball's flying around again, credit to the guys on the floor too. No question. I mean, Marcus smart, obviously being a part of this is huge as a ball mover. Tatum's been, you know, his growth as a passer and facilitator has been documented throughout the entire season. They have the right mix for this. But, like, the fact that it's actually coming to fruition and the basketball that everybody's been craving for the past couple of years is actually happening. Again, I, I just think it's a credit to Emei for sticking to his guns, as Abby said, and being not hard-headed, but, like, being like, just wait this out. We're going to get this right. And now that we're seeing it, it's like, again, they're blowing everybody out by 20 points every single night. And my question to Abby, I think, at this point is, is this team – What do we? how do we look at this team – And actually evaluate what's going on. Because on the one hand, they're blowing everybody out. This is amazing. But on the other hand, like, they're catching everybody at the right time. Like, Brooklyn without everybody uh, is a a great example. Multiple times. The Sixers without James Harden and Seth Curry and all that stuff. That's another. Like, how do we properly evaluate what we're seeing in front of us? Because it's amazing. It's awesome. It looks like a top-end team. But on the flip side, you have to evaluate the competition that they're playing
2: to hearken back to Brad Stevens, once again, you can only play the schedule that's in front of you. So yes. I think that um, they are. But the positives are these are things that they were not doing earlier in the season. They Thanks. lost to a depleted Detroit team earlier this season. And, and last year, how many times did that happen where. um they go in and then they they let their foot off the gas. They did that earlier this season against the Clippers when they found out that Paul George wasn't playing and they didn't have Kawhi. And so they didn't come out. And then Brandon Boston rolled over them
1: Hmm. in Los
2: Angeles. And so I am choosing to look at the positive and that those kinds of things are no longer happening. And then I am hoping that they take these foundation fundamental changes, see how they're playing, see how it works, what they can do with that and be able to fall back on what they have built to this point when it does come to the playoffs and when their backs are up against the wall. And so I think there's only good that can come from this. And let's be honest, they did need to build some confidence after the way this season started, after the way last year started, how much criticism the Jays have taken. I think regardless of who the competition is, the fact that they are steamrolling everybody is a good thing.
0: Let's take a quick break, tell you about our good friends at betonline.ag. Of course, football is over for the season, basketball in full swing, college and pros. You got hockey, maybe someday we'll have baseball again. You have golf, you have NASCAR, you have so many great things from the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired head coach is going to land in whatever the sport. BetOnline is your top spot. For all your sports betting needs, you can probably even find odds on whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to play next year and for whom. Head over to the website. Use your mobile device. Use the promo code. It is CLNS50 to get you started. And like I said, it is not just basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC. Uh, we had Olympic coverage that you could pay attention to as well. There's so much stuff right this down Tournament. You no know, games. Hey, there you go. March Madness right around the corner. Bet online, your number one online wagering destination. I gotta schedule, I gotta do like everybody else have and schedule that vasectomy so I don't have to work during March Madness. Bet online, it's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and your favorite games. Bet online, it's where the game starts. Have you all right? You're gonna collect yourself? What? What? You don't read those what? articles every single year? That's the most popular time to get to, if, if anyone is interested, you know, and Ev, not you, and, and Abby, certainly not you. But for those that are out that are interested in getting a vasectomy, the most popular time of the year to do that is during March Madness. So guys have an excuse to knock it off the couch for two or three days.
2: I have a funny story about this. I have my next door neighbor as hey. a mom of three, and we do wine and walks, um, you. you know, periodically whenever I have a night off. And I mentioned this actually um, And she had never heard of this scenario, never even heard <laughs> of a vasectomy commercial come on. And I was like, "Really?" And I realized it's because I listen to sports talk radio, largely <laughs> yeah, a male audience. And I'm like, yeah. "It's it's like it comes out every year. It's a thing." Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Um, And yeah, she had never heard of it. So it, I I guess I understand why Evan hasn't either. But it you know it is a thing. I agree with you, Adam. I. I You did not come out of left field for me with that.
0: (laughs) Maybe there's, and and I I don't think I'm making this part up. I feel like there's a, like a leading, maybe it's just because where we are geographically that this is the one we always hear about. But I feel like nationally, there's like a leading clinic on the Cape that does more of these every year than anybody else. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why.
2: I feel like that'd be hard to get to for many people.
1: Right? For sure. I can't believe we are here at this point. I mean, you could just take like a cure, like just accrue some sick days and schedule them for that particular time of the year. I think it'd be a little, I mean, I, look, man, I'm all for. Um, but then you, know, you can't look.
2: watch wall to wall basketball. I mean, depending on what you have to binge at that moment. But I'm mean, right, guaranteed right. entertainment.
0: See, fair. well, part of it too, like Abby, you have to understand Evan lives a, a, he's, you know, a little bit younger than us. He lives a different reality. Like he doesn't have any kids. So the, I mean, I, I don't want to say you have plenty of responsibilities, but, but, but the kids, they're, they're game changers in this regard. So if you want to be able to just, you know, like the, the, the dads out there or, you know, whatever, but if you want to be able to just sit there on the couch for, 14 straight hours of basketball and someone else has to deal with the children. Like this is the excuse. This is what people do.
1: I think there are better reasons to get a vasectomy than to just watch, you know, (laughs) college basketball wire to wire for four straight days. But I'm, and I'm not trying to like talk down to people. That's That's one of the
2: that's just the timing.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I I don't think it's the motivator necessarily. I just want to point out that Celtics are plus nine hundred to win the East right now. Just want to throw okay, that good. out there if you want to sprinkle it in there. Are
2: they? Does five thirty eight still have them as the favorite to win the championship? That's the most outrageous
1: team? thing. You got to redo your formula if that's the case. Come on now. Like I love the Celtics as much as anybody, but to give them the best chance to win the NBA Finals is is ridiculous. And I love
2: that Brad Stevens had to answer a question about it. <laughs> but but <laughs> you know like. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's, look, he's an
0: analytical guy. I'm sure he appreciates where that, uh, you know, where that comes from, but it's, it's true. I mean, are you, it, it's sort of in line with what Evan was just asking you before, you know, we, we got off on the, uh, the tangent that we, that we did, but, you know, are, are you buying in? You know, are, are, are you looking at it? Obviously with, you know, it, it it's easy to look at a, a few week sample and, and that's a lot better than a couple game sample, obviously, but we still have full year and and the the last couple years of of sort of the I don't know like COVID fears and and injury histories and all like it 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 can all fall apart you know like tell me Celtics fans didn't gasp at the very least when Jalen Brown went down on his wrist you know last night and it was like it's all over it's falling apart and I know you asked him post game and he said he's fine but it, but it always sort of after the last couple of years feels Eugene like they are just
2: smart with his ankle, and then right. Williams with the calf, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So there's you know it's just that like that one awful moment away to a key player, and it's it's not like the Celtics have been immune to that. So you know, can you throwing out betting odds and and five thirty eight and all of it? Can can you look at it with what you're seeing on a daily basis now and say, yeah, I mean, I I can see this team as a title contender because I'll be honest. I'm not there yet.
2: I am buying in. I, I don't know if I'd go so far to say that that I believe they are contending for a title this season only because of the unknowns in the Eastern conference in that the Brooklyn nets with the addition of Ben Simmons and a healthy KD and Kyrie being able to play in home games or the Sixers with James Harden and Joel Embiid, possibly figuring that out. Um, To me, and then you also always have Miami and Giannis lurking there. So, so those are the things that give me pause. But when it comes to this team and the thing that I keep falling back on for me is with Jalen and Jason, I, I know it's so long ago, but I go back to that 2017 season, which was change, changing for those two in so many ways. But in that, I just remember going through those, that playoff run and saying i will never doubt these two i feel like these two wherever they are they're gonna figure it out if you give them the right tools to do that and i am so excited to see what they do with this opportunity so i i wouldn't i am absolutely buying in on this roster how well they're fitting the addition of Derek white i think i literally when i heard the trade in the car i was like yes brad this is awesome i don't i don't (laughs) care of that the fact that you got um a guy who came up up in that Spurs system you know makes quick decisions and you know is unselfish that is what the Celtics have been asking for all season long and so um I am I am buying in I am excited much more excited about this team than I have been all season and I am hopefully optimistic for a lengthy playoff run
0: it is one thing that, you know, because I'm sure you guys see this in in your mentions and and you hear it on sports talk radio. Of some of the lesser competition they've beat during this run, of course, the the JV Nets like Evan said, missing everyone, there's no Kyrie, there's no Durant, there's no They
2: destroyed four times in 22 was, days whatever. and and yeah. had
0: better beat them obviously this time around, but uh you know, I I think it's the the bigger stuff. And we've sort of highlighted all of this, but just to kind of recap it, I, I think the bigger stuff is not necessarily who you're beating or by how much, but how you're doing it. And, you know, looking at at what we just using last night as a sample in Brooklyn, sensational ball movement, league best dominant defense, obviously, you know, all the switching that we've talked about, the, you know, balanced offensive contributions, you know, knocking down open, open looks, hitting their shots in general, capitalizing at the free throw line. Like these are things that are trends. Getting
2: to the free throw line
0: getting to the free throw line. Absolutely. Like these are things that they are just doing right. They are doing the right things, which, you know, to your point before, Abby, they were not doing earlier this year, which just makes such a difference regardless of who you're playing, which is what gives you a shot, you know, to beat the Denver's of the world and Philly when it is at full strength and and Brooklyn and so on and so forth. Milwaukee, obviously.
2: And I think that Ime said this last night with the defense, the way that it's playing right now and with the mental focus that this team has um is and that's the way I feel like they have described it is that they are going into every game with a different level of mental focus knowing your personnel is something Eme has said all season if you hear him say KYP that's what he's saying mm-hmm. but um he is going into every game confident that they can win if they follow the game plan and and that is a big thing that's a huge thing and and I think that and when he says that he means any team. So yes, they go into Milwaukee and they're going to have to face Giannis and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. He feels confident that they will be able to compete against these high-level teams and I know that we have yet to see it, but I am really excited for those matchups.
0: This team hasn't lost, you know, since being down two nothing 6 road games ago. I mean that's outrageous. Is that is insane. unbelievable.
2: I know last night when they didn't go up 28-2 to two against the Nets, it was a little disappointing.
1: That was the funniest game I've seen in a long time because it was just – and, again, I've never seen a game be over in like three minutes, but that game was over in three minutes. And it was just like, okay, we're going to play this whole thing out. Hopefully nobody gets hurt. Like Jalen, yeah. you know, coming up a little bit uh, uh, with the injury last night was like, oh, th- we didn't need this in the fourth quarter or third quarter of a uh, blowout here in Brooklyn. Like, didn't need to happen. It's like, well, he's okay. But it's it's this team when you look at in the playoffs like what wins. Wait, Evan, you- sorry.
2: Back to my first world problems. Don't lose your train of thought. Yeah. But where when I'm sitting courtside in Barclays, the score the um the main jumbotron is so high, and then they only uh. have scores on the outside. So I did I, I rarely actually know the score unless like I and and they <laughs> they were both national games, so I don't have Mike Gorman in my ear telling me things. For that twenty-eight to two run, I'm like, this feels pretty crazy. I looked up and I think it was twenty-five to two, and I was like. What in the <laughs> world? Like, how did we get here? Um, and then I just kept going. Maybe it was like twenty to two or something. But um, yeah, okay, sorry. That's, that's not, really that's not like you.
0: That's a design flaw. You should be able to see the score from anywhere inside an arena.
2: That's a anywhere. humble brag. Yeah, my courtside seat. I could not see. <laughs> the unless score
1: unless you're a right really bad team. team. Like, if you're a really yeah. bad, like the Kings should have the score nowhere visible in any <laughs> arena like just like <laughs> just
0: don't have, have to
1: check your phone <laughs> who cares it's, it's, you're the here best, anyway
2: <laughs> the best thing that cleveland does is they put a plus minus between the two scores on their scoreboard so um you know whenever i come back at a break and i have to say celtics up 15 celtics down nine i never have to do the math by myself it's always right there
1: ah uh, there you go that's huge that's, that's, that's huge for me <laughs> it's like when when uh, like in a in the, in the football booth when the guys know exactly how far the punt went. I'm like, how yes. do you guys, but it's the spotter next to him who's like a it went right here. It just, yeah. number. Right um, there? but when this, when the, so in the playoffs, like what, what gives me a little bit of hope here for the playoffs and, and, you know, obviously it's every series is its own animal. It's different depending on the matchups, et cetera, et cetera. One of the things that I like about this team defensively, you see a lot of switching in the playoffs I and mean, Boston has the best switching defense right now in the league, and um, as I've talked about a couple of times in my Twitter timeline, the seems the past two months are holding people to like under 40% from the field, which is pretty insane. Right now their season average is hovering around 43% as their opponent's field goal percentage, which is the same as the 0-4 Pistons. So if people want to keep that in mind, that their defense is as good as one of the best defenses we've ever seen in the entire history of the NBA, which is really great. But the one thing I also want to point out is like things slow down considerably in the playoffs in the half court. And like this half court defense is suffocating and they are able to uh, affect so many different, you know, ways a a team can score. And the one thing I like about this team is how when the ball gets into the paint, it seems like everybody kind of knows where the ball is and where their man is at the same time and is able to somehow find a way to get either get a fingertip or a hand or both hands of the basketball and turn their defense into easy, quick-strike offense. And when every possession matters in the playoffs, stuff like that's going to really become a huge issue. And if Boston's getting out in transition, scoring 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 points a game in transition, and then get to the free throw line because, you know, teams are following Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown of the way to the basket, life's well, going to be a lot easier for them. And again, everything's going to be match dependent, especially this year because the Eastern Conference is such a mess from one to eight. And you can add Atlanta towards the bottom. I'm, I'm not out on Atlanta yet considering what we saw last year, but like this team, I am a little bit more optimistic about their playoff chances because they kind of play basketball at uh, the way basketball has played the playoffs anyway. Like they move the ball in offense, but defensively, like they're just so suffocating the half court that like, yeah, they might have off night shooting but so are you and good luck trying to figure out how to score against this defense. Cause I don't know if anybody caught Zach Lowe and Scal the other day, um, but Scal detailed what they're doing with Robert Williams that makes their defense really hum and him and Zach thought about it. I think for a collectively like a five minute period about, is there any way to counter this? And neither of them had an answer for it. Like what they're doing with Rob, is basically let him play like free safety, where he's no longer guarding center. He's kind of floating around and doing this like weird hybrid thing where he just kind of floats around and eventually ends up blocking every single weak side shot possible. Um, what they've done with him and the fact that nobody's figured it out yet is pretty remarkable. Now we get to the playoffs, and you know you'll get a, a Smolstra or a Budenholzer or somebody that's really good at X's and O's. Maybe we'll figure it out. But like I think this half court defense. Is so legitimate that they'll have, you know, granted the matchup, a legitimate you know way to the, way to the finals potentially. I mean, I know it's you know injuries, all that stuff, but when you slow the game down, it's only going to help this team. In my opinion, I am like,
2: The switching defense and Rob has been incredible, and it is a it is without a doubt, I think the thing that has changed the trajectory of this team um, is they have that versatility with Al and Al Horford, and may talked about this yesterday. This was a big topic of conversation um, in Brooklyn. And it, because of the fact that you have a guy like Al who can guard post players, you do have the luxury of allowing Rob to roam freely. And so like you guys have been saying, I mean, the Celtics are are an injury away. I think Daniel Tice helps that he does provide some insurance when it comes to the depth at the center position, but um, like having Al back there is such a luxury. And not only that he can guard, the multiple positions, but he's also a quarterback on defense, and he is communicating to everyone what's going on. And I do think that it is – the pace is one of – is a huge point of emphasis, and you get that pace by turning teams over in transition and getting out. And so that is something that they will have to continue to do and continue to build upon, especially when it comes to the playoffs. Um, I I just – to me, while we have been giving EMA so much credit for having a long view, and it has been something that the players have adjusted to and are continuing to learn and, and build off of this entire season, my fear is that we get into a playoff series and a team does adjust to Rob Williams being a free safety, and then it takes some time for them to figure out what they want to do. And, but I, I will say that I think that that's why these games now are so important. And, and maybe towards the end of the season, E-May can start. You know, um, tinkering with some things and and using those not necessarily as a practice, but going in with different types of game plans to get guys used to doing things a different way.
0: Before we get out of here in a, a few minutes, I want to make sure we just we spend a little more time on on Jason Tatum on the heels, obviously of of All Star Weekend, and there there's just there's so much there. There's there's so much kind of on, on that bone to gnaw at as it relates to. You know, him, uh, I, I think we're really seeing a, a transition, uh, in, in him right now. And I think that there's, there's a, a, a large confluence of reasons for it. Obviously, as, as we all know, he started off so poorly this year, not necessarily in terms of the, the overall volume numbers, but shooting the ball, you know, statistically he was having the worst start of his career. We knew eventually he was going to kind of find his way to, took a long time, but obviously his shots are starting to fall at this point. And and with the results for the team changing in general as well, I think it makes such a huge difference in terms of, you know, his attitude. He's one of those guys that, you know, a lot of the time, if things aren't going well for the team, you know, he'll be at the podium. We all know this. He, he, he won't, you know, shut you out, but he doesn't give you a lot, you know, and now obviously with things going so well for him for the team for everyone he's he's more expansive the stuff with grant williams obviously he's just he's he's lighter he's he's more jovial i think it i think the all-star weekend makes uh you know plays a big role in that obviously fifth time there third time as a as an all-star second time starting the game he's this time surrounded by all-time great you know celtics all-time greats period talked about how important obviously it was to be in that photo with Garnett and with Pierce and with McHale and with Parrish and, and meeting all these legends and being in that company. He's already declared himself, and he's not wrong in doing this, by the way. I think he's correct, and I like the confidence. You know, considers himself one of the best players in the league. I think he knows that if he stays healthy, he's on a trajectory to be, you know, in the NBA 100 in 25 years. Like, he knows, you know, what what his capability is long-term. You've got uh, the deuce factor, you know, I mean, if like it, I have such a soft spot for that, like show me a more visible players, young kid in the NBA. I don't think you can. I think he's really like, I mean, he is like the poster child for it across the league and, uh and, and just, you know, even, even like the JJ Redick interview the other day, so open, so forthcoming, so thoughtful on that podcast in a way that he would never be with any of us you know part of it is Reddick's a former player it's all very relatable obviously but I think that's all a very long-winded way of saying Abby I think he's just we're really even at 23 he's not even close to his prime we're seeing him come into his own in a way that we haven't seen before
2: I would push back on earlier in the season that he was more stoic with the media. I would say both he and Jalen, it was apparent from media day. They understand the responsibility that they are the franchise cornerstones Mm -hmm. and they are not shying away from that responsibility. And so even when Jason was struggling to start the season, he showed up every night post game and answered questions. And while he may not have um, Jason, like you say, is not the most eloquent of people. But um, I remember there was a night, I think it was in Dallas and they lost by another heartbreaker. I think it was a shot from Luca and Jason came in and was, as expansive of, as I have ever seen him. He was clearly heartbroken. He was frustrated by what was going on. He, it had already been a long season. He was not able to be the player that we all expected him to be in the player that he expects himself to be, but he sat there and he was very thoughtful in his answers. And so to me that has, I agree with you. There is a different maturation that we have seen from Jason Tatum when it comes to his handling of the media and his public persona and brand this season. And I I agree that all-star weekend always gives that a little boost and um, but we have seen year after year second half Jason Tatum he takes it to a whole nother level and then once the playoffs start there is an even higher level that he can go to which is what the great players do and to me there's no question he has been one of those guys faced with um, and Brad says this all the time with with huge challenges this season to take a team on your shoulders without the support. I mean, they do have Al Horford, but, but it's different that it is them. He is. And while, and I mean, we forget Jalen missed so much time earlier in the season. He handled it with as much poison grace as I think that we could expect from him while also trying to be that guy and not living up to his own expectations. And so um I would push back that I think that I, I think Jason has been great with the media this season. I think that he has been, he has done what he's being asked by this team to be more of a playmaker, to continue to move the ball, to come in and buy in and play hard on the defensive end every single night. And he's working hard to um, get rid of some of those habits that he had fallen into. And and I think that like where we started with this conversation, it just, it takes time. We all have so much muscle memory and mental um, barriers that you need to break through. And it's not something that's going to happen overnight. And so I think that there's no question Ime is unlocking another level. I think it was there the whole time. It's just Jason is a sponge. Any of his the assistants that you talk to about him, you know, you show him things once or twice and he understands what he's trying to do. It's a matter of executing it out on the floor. And so I agree with you in that Jason had a rough start to the season, but I, um, am really, I just, I think he's blown me away in the last five weeks, whatever it is since the Celtics have been on this run. And I, and I think that he is a key key piece to the success that they're having now.
0: Yeah, it's and okay. I, can't, I, I can't believe that Abby just pushed back on me on this show. Cut all that out later and just leave the I agree with you part.
1: Well, I just like the the way Abby described like the, the evolution of Tatum throughout the year. I don't know if you guys have seen the meme of like the calendar and it's like Jason Tatum. It's a picture of him and then it has the calendar. and It's like, oh, man, is Jason Tatum not as good as we thought we were? Then it has like the all-star break. It's like he's heating up. And then the second half of the season part of the calendar is like, oh, my God, he's the best player in the so, league. No, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> how it goes here. every single year. It's it's it's. It's truly remarkable how much better in, like, it's funny with Jalen and Jason. Jalen always adds something every offseason where you're like, oh, my goodness, Jalen clearly was working out and clearly working on stuff. And then Tatum, like, takes the beginning part of the season and tries stuff out or just, like, gets off to a weird start. And then by midseason, you're like, oh, my goodness, this guy's amazing. Right now, I've been saying it again for the past two months like if Tatum hits threes at a respectable rate at his career average the all nba thing is like a lock for him but there are nights where he goes 1 for 7 you know 2 for 8 or uh you know 1 for 6 and it just hurts his percentage but he's been the he he is amazing at 23 years old to have all the scoring tricks that he has um plus this playmaking which was the biggest the only the only you could say against Tatum at that, you know, at twenty-two, twenty-eight was like, oh, he doesn't make his teammates that much better right now. Well, now he's doing that. So what's what's the next step for him? I can't, I can't wait. Um, the only thing I want to mention before we get out of here mm-hmm. is, and I've been, I, I'm honestly blown away by this because I think you know Boston has maybe one guy in the most improved player award list, and that'll be Rob Williams. I think it's pretty remarkable. But we I think
2: that up last night. I agree. Why isn't Rob in more conversation? Well, I could,
1: I could argue that. Grant Williams is also, like, if you were to make a Celtics version of this list, I think Grant's incredible. I think what he has turned into um, this past, you know, couple of months where he's the most reliable th- open three-point shooter on the team, but the defensive stuff where you saw it in college, like, yeah, he'll be able to switch and do all these things. Like, now he's going and guarding Joel Embiid and, and like, kind of holding his own against Embiid. And nobody can. It's just a matter of time until he scores. But that last game played against Philly, like, he was left alone with Embiid and stood him up and would not, bet, like, let Embiid gain any ground on him. And then he goes from that to guarding a perimeter player and staying in front of them. And I'm, And I'm sitting here saying, like, yes, I know that Rob is the key to, like, their defense essentially in terms of how crazy functional it is. But what Grant is doing on the flip side, and I, I just hope people are starting to pay attention to this, really watch him play. I mean, it is really – like he, the ball doesn't stick. He's a great connector. Like Derek White is a connector of pieces. Grant is a connector. He's, an, he's a guy that can just make a quick decision, put the ball on the floor a little bit more than he's been able to before. I mean, there, there, are, there are times now where he'll have the ball on the perimeter and put it on the ground and go to the basket and then finish, which I never thought would ever happen in Grant's career. Um, is starting to happen sort of with regularity now, and so my point being, I just want to take a minute to just salute Grant Williams and and the in the in the progress he's made this season. I think it's it is underappreciated how much growth there has been beyond just the three point shooting. I think he's been a, a really amazing rotational player.
2: I I know my good friend Chris Forsberg is the conductor, <laughs> of the Rob Williams hype train, like the. Abs- the president of the fan club I would like to, that role for the Grant Williams fan club because I am a
1: curious huge you can have it
2: of Grant's um number one he's really fun to talk to he is hilarious he never, never stops talking and has a great personality but Evan so much of what you were just saying I mean I go back to summer league and he didn't play on the summer league team and and everyone was like why doesn't Grant have to play on the summer league team and and it was Clear then that Brad Stevens and Ime Udoka had a vision for Grant and wanted him to focus on what that was. And he absolutely took that and is now just excelling at not only his role, but then Evan, like you said, being able to, as he has been so successful in that, open up other parts of his game. And I think that that is one of the funny results of last night and calling for the alley oop is that we are getting to see some of those highlights from Tennessee. I mean, we're, Grant was not just a defensive player at Tennessee. He does have talent. He is, has offensive game, but he has such a high basketball IQ that that's what he needed to rely on the defensive end of the floor and knocking down corner threes to get on the court. And now that he is there um, with regularity, something he was not in his first two seasons, he is able to kind of open that bag and show off a little bit more of his game. But the thing with Grant is he has stayed positive throughout. He is the guy who, I mean, if you do watch my Instagram stories, in the handshake huddle before the start floor, he has a specific unique handshake with every single starter. He and Jalen Brown do rock, paper, scissors before every game. Um, and he is keeping score. You know, he is the guy.
1: who to six?
2: I get nine. I think it was nine. <laughs> I do feel like every time I record it, Grant wins. All um, right, Jalen's got to change his the strategy there. Apparently. But I do feel like that's something that um, maybe has taken time for guys to adjust to. Cause Grant is, it's not quiet. He, you know, he talks all the time, but I think that that is something that is good and needed with this group and set room, because as we know, Jason and Jalen are not the most vocal guys, boisterous people. And so and Grant in there, he also talking to him preseason assumed some leadership role. He arranged a dinner for everyone to go to, And he is guys who um, is not afraid to speak up and can also take criticism. I will say, you know, I've seen Ime get mad at Grant for being in the wrong position or screwing something up and Grant just comes aside and is like, yeah, gotcha coach. I know. And, but sitting on the sidelines, it is, we talked about this so much at the beginning of the season is guys holding each other accountable, coaches, holding each other accountable, but then also not getting offended when you do get called out. And I think that that is a development that has happened with this group. And you're seeing guys are able to speak freely with one another, and then also be able to learn from that. And I think those are huge steps that are being taken behind the scenes that we probably don't get to see.
0: I feel like I should start to use that at home. Like if I, you know, don't, fill the dishwasher the right way or something like i got you coach i'm good Played. yeah, no, I, yeah. No okay i'll take
2: you out. should we watch some film yeah. show me how yeah. you want it done and i will do it uh, yeah I, well, my husband would do the same i agree
0: yeah no i like that uh we should uh we should get out of here because it's been i don't know almost an hour i i do want to mention very quickly because i feel like i'd be very off-brand if i didn't do so that there was a photo taken at all-star weekend with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen, they were all in it together. They were all smiling. Uh I I don't I Are I you feel pulling
2: like your eyes, Evan.
0: Yeah, I know where this is going, so I just need him to hurry up. Look, I I I don't I don't know what I don't know what it means. I don't know what I don't know if the 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 feud is squashed. I I I agree with the sentiment that some have mentioned that. I think we'll really find out when KG's number goes into the rafters, if Ray is there or Ray is not there. That's going to be the answer to your question, because Lord knows whatever plans he has. Like, he wasn't there for Paul's because he was golfing that day. Like, he can he can move whatever he's doing to be there if he wants to be there. So we'll see. I'm not buying in quite yet that the feud is over. Um Perk, though, love you, Perk. Can't wait to have you back on the show. But the idea that the Celtics should retire Ray Allen's number just to squash the feud... Is about the dumbest thing Perk has ever said. Love (laughs) Perk. I'm on
2: board with the sentiment.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like you don't just retire somebody's number to like, you know, improve the vibes. Like that's not what you do. That's stupid. So we're not doing that. But yes, I love the 08 Celtics as much as anybody else, maybe as much as the players themselves. And I hope that they, uh, you know, get all this behind them at some point. This has been fun, Abby, as always. I
2: want to know if Rondo's on board. If Rondo has really... I, I know KG, right? KG's I'm, I'm going to say no. Who, uh, yeah, I want to know if Rondo's on board. I think that's what it's really going to take to bring that group back together.
0: Yeah, and I, I doubt it. it. Yeah. <laughs> no no time too quick. But, uh, hey, we'll see. There's, There's got to be a holdout somewhere, I guess. For Evan, for Abby. It's go so ahead. What's the, that?
2: The number retirement is soon for KG.
1: Real it's soon, great. yeah. What, what's Marty. the date on that? Tenth, you said? I was like, it's uh, yeah, it's yes, a- Dallas a game. Yeah. It's,
2: it's Dallas. Let, let, let me schedule while we're here. Sure. Um Yes. Yeah,
1: I'm, so- I'm not sure if I'll be able to get out there. Let's see. NBC Dallas Sports game. Boston.
2: It's, it's after 13th. the Dallas game. March yeah. 13th. Uh NBC Sports Boston. The only place where you can watch this in its entirety Love after it. the game. So-
1: it's going to be an emotional day for sure. They're not it's a guy nice. in the house. No question. Oh, it's going to be great. Gonna be great. I, I just I love the the cat rumors that came about after he got his picture taken with everybody. <laughs> it was like, why is cat? Why is cat this picture?
0: The best part of the whole thing was the Minnesota Timberwolves were the ones that put out the video. <laughs> here's here's our star with a bunch of Celtics legends, including we're the guy of- who traded our biggest star to Boston. Ah, oh, it's it's so good. All right, well, this but, has been a real Jewish goodbye. I think we should
2: those guys. He was there. when... I mean, wasn't he KG And he was there for
0: cat yeah
1: yeah cat he they like, overlapped like one or two seasons yeah. and that's, that's true yeah, something of for a mentor form for, for sure
2: those guys yeah
1: look well i appreciate seeing it trust me I, i'm yeah. a huge cat fan i love
0: that guy that guy rules nah, bring him to boston problem sure. is he'd have to probably part with Jalen to do it so nah, doing that, that start that starts the whole debate for another show all right bye bye, bye. see you later
2: thanks for having me
1: subscribe